I'm Scott Blakeman, getting through this in New York. And I'm Tom Saunders in the Pacific Palisades of California. For some reason, I'm going to reveal something so remarkable that even the word remarkable seems sadly unremarkable. This podcast may actually have healing powers. During our time of deprivation and mass aloneness, we here at Getting Through This podcast have found solace and something more, a pure, almost manic joy that exists in its own multidimensional universe. For 30 minutes and more, speculative history sits comfortably in an armchair next to speculative science, and both can share a laugh. Please note we don't encourage laugh sharing in close quarters unless the laugh sharers are wearing masks. Yes, super hilarity that knows no bounds is what we call the new comedy. And we don't care if people think the name is pretentious. The astonishing truth is that the effect is like a tonic. This podcast instantly rescues us from the anxieties and sorrow that batter us. Why, you can just hear it in our voices. Getting through this gives us pep. Well, Tommy uh, is indeed, and the word pep sums it up uh, so beautifully because our daily podcast has indeed allowed us to create a world of unlimited fun and funny possibilities that we access even while our feet are firmly planted in the not-so-fun so-called real world. But what is this real world anyway? Over these past nine months, we have begun to see that we and you, our listeners, can create whatever world you want to live in, at least for 30 to 35 minutes a day. And that's all you need to send you giddily on your way for the rest of your day. We live in the present, for sure, with the same situation the whole world is dealing with. But we have discovered that we have the power to travel through time at will, wherever and whenever we want to travel to. And even without a time machine, which is currently under construction. So why limit yourself to just living in the moment when there are infinite number of moments from the past and even the future that are so much more joyful and happy than these current times. Oh, Scotty, so so true and so well spoken. How, Scotty, how to describe this, how this world feels from the inside? Well, the word astonishing is a flaccid and pitiful adjective, far overmatched by the phenomenon the world word presumes to describe. Unless the word astonishing is presented in all caps and in 1940s pirate comic book font, meaning big, beautifully drawn, old English pirate-style letters. And the letters should be in vibrant color, (laughs) shadowing behind each letter, or another effect that makes it look like it's 3D. What that might be is up to the artist. But if normal fonts are used, the only word that comes close to describing the healing powers of this podcast would be wizardific, (laughs) or possibly wizardanious. <laughs> Scotty, if getting through this were a drug, I fear the Nixon administration would have made its possession a felony, and Oregon would only now legalize it. Well, Tommy, astonishing is, I think, the perfect word to describe the healing hilarity of our podcast. Now, my font choice would be more of a, a 50s script font used in print ads for space-age kitchen appliances. Now, if you have done print ads of that era also created new words and technologically advanced terms like space-o-matic. 
which shared our sense of wonder <laughs> and appreciation. Scotty, if only we could speak in different fonts. Words on a page can look magnificent due to wondrous typeface, yet when read aloud, sound like any other word printed in Times New Roman. <laughs> this must end. Perhaps if we speak from the chest and vocalize in exaggeratedly excited ways, these very words I'm speaking now will sound like 1950s script font used as print ads for space-age kitchen appliances. To finally match the spoken word with the exciting fonts of the printed page, well, it's a dream this podcast hopes to achieve in our lifetime. Well, Tommy, this, of course, is a breakthrough at uh, less than five minutes into this podcast. Truly, what you're saying is almost have stage directions in life where uh, they're not just words, as you say, uttered in, in bland times Roman, but it's specifically, you know, so-and-so says something in comic sans <laughs> or in future bold or fat face heavy, which is one of my favorite uh, or grotesque is a font. I mean, Tommy, the world of fonts, which you and I yeah. love. I, I've never thought of this before. So brilliant that you have having our speaking patterns in font fashion. Yes, yes, you get it, Scotty. You get it. It's it's it, it's high time that this happened. And I, I don't use the word high time very often. Uh, no. I think I've only used that expression once in a, in an earlier broadcast uh, podcast, uh, um, and and it was for something totally different than this. I'm saying now it's high time. We spoke in fonts, Scotty, <laughs> and, and, and in, in uh, exciting, bold, like you say, bold futura. I love that font. Bold oh, I love it. Futura, futura bold, is it? Is futura it? bold and futura bold, futura extra bold condensed. One of my favorites. <laughs> so clean. But tell me, if, if, if you're declaring something. Yes. You want it in a certain font. And then if you want to be a little romantic, okay, there's plenty for those too. Or, uh -huh. you know, kind of artsy and calligraphic. Calligraphic, of course. Yeah. You're speaking in very calligraphic yes. uh, uh, tones. Uh, a spoken font, Scotty. We well. just invented it. No one else is talking, even, even uh, dreaming this dream. Scott. No, and I'm, I dream of Fontaine. I've never come around to that. I'm so glad you opened my eyes to that possibility. As you say, Tommy, pirate dialogue would be in this oldie English uh, <laughs> font. And, and, and couleur by the color. I love that spelling. Yeah. And I prefer it. And, and all we're doing is taking the U out. That's right. Well, uh, just to let our, our podcast listeners know, uh, uh, in the written portion of this podcast, and this is uh, a little behind the scenes inside podcast. Uh, part of this uh, show, as we sometimes call it, is written and part of it and the rest of it is pure uh, improvised. And we leave it to the listener to know when, at what point do we leave the written word and fly into the air uh, <laughs> uh, uh, of improvisation, keeping us uh, afloat, keeping each other afloat. Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it, it's you can sort of tell when we're reading and when we're not. But can you really? Well, some actually, some of our listeners have spoken to me directly, not through any intermediaries, and uh, they have said, "We, I can't tell when you're, uh, you know, I can I've tell because too. I'm reading, but that's only because I'm the one doing it. But it's the same way with uh, many things in life or with comedy. I always love when people say to me, uh, 
oh, did you just come up with that, even though it's something I've done for 25 years? So, uh, you it's know, a great our, compliment to say, yeah. did you just come up with it? Well, yeah. uh, what I was going to say, though, is that um, uh, I guess, um, I, well, actually, I, I, I'm I'm sort of uh, now thinking of going off on a different uh, tack. Can you sometimes, this is what's so amazing about this podcast is sometimes we call audibles yeah. and we, uh, we can just, you never know. Once, once you take control, whoever's talking is, it's like you have the steering wheel of this podcast. Like yeah, right now, yeah, the guy who's driving this thing. Well, like, and an audible is usually thought of as for the quarterback looking yeah. out of the defensive line and he sees blitz and he says, oh, let's, change the play so he'll shout an audible now we don't we're not fearing any large men running at us and tackling us but we say which will be a better direction to go which is where do we feel like going is the that's better right uh, because the, this is all in the moment in yesterday's podcast we made kind of history uh i don't think any any medium podcast broadcast or or film ever actually isolated someone who was procrastinating in real time well, yes, that's a first. Yes, that, that's a first, and I, 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 I'm still kind of congratulating ourselves on having captured that, uh, that actual pro, uh, pod. Well, same kind of thing that's happening here right now. We're actually, well, inventing the future. You might say, in real time, yes. and it's it's exciting. It's scary, and uh, but uh, but it's happening, and sometimes. Uh, Sometimes you wonder, well, you know, am I going off in a direction that will bring peace and, and joy and, and, of course, that vaunted Nobel Prize? Or are we crashing into a ditch? Well, no, and the beauty of the show is it's physically impossible to crash into a, a ditch. As you say, we keep each other going, much like the, I would say, much like the Flying Wallenders, although some of them did, sadly, uh, meet their demise. So we don't <laughs> want to use that analogy. No, I mean, I, I don't know why I laughed just then, but... <laughs> The idea that 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 uh, that there's are there still some flying one that did not meet their demise? I believe there are some left. Robert Klein did a very funny bit about them many years ago, but it was a huge family, so I assume there are some still flying. And and uh, so I would look at a different analogy. I think yeah, there is no way you know all. It's, it's like being on a great trip, and it's like we can go to this place, this place. It's all going to be great. It'll be different, yeah. but it'll all be great. And that is the power of time travel that we have really. Uh, invented. I mean, you right. know, we've seen movies about it, but everyone's lamenting, well, it's Thanksgiving, I'm alone. No, you're not alone. First of all, it's, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving and doesn't have to be 2020. It could be anything. And you oh. could be immersed in print ads from 1940 <laughs> Life magazines and that world. And you're in summer, a yeah. summer edition. doesn't have to be, you're right about it. It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. Who said it has to be Thanksgiving for everybody? Or it for the whole day. It could be when I watched the parade yesterday, I loved it. And that, yeah. that was it. You know, it didn't have to be. And the you rest. watched it on the television. On the television, on my you my new uh, HD antenna, in the most clear reception, Tommy, that anyone has ever seen. Wow. Even those with their 4K televisions. Well, uh, it was incredible, Tommy, and I've wow. never been so immersed in a parade before. <laughs> that, that is, that's saying something. Because um, have you ever marched in a parade? I'm just curious. Uh, I, I think I've, I've been in demonstrations, which they probably don't like to call parades. No. But, uh, <laughs> but never really. I was supposed to, actually. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm watching the Macy's Day Parade. And a lot of our listeners, I worked in Macy's for over a year as a copywriter and many fun stories there. But I believe, and I feel guilty about this, 
we were all supposed to do something for the Thanksgiving parade because that was a huge, huge, it still is, and I had an office dedicated to it. And I somehow didn't show up that day. I don't know what my job would have been, but I didn't go. And I, I regret it because it would have been fun to have been Wait, even behind the scenes. Wait, you show up on the day of the parade? Not marching. It wasn't going to be marching, but some behind the scenes thing. Well, uh, well I mean, like, what, what do you mean? Like, would you be on a float or? No, that's the thing. If it was that, I'm sure I would have shown up. But it was some <laughs> helping out, which I should have done as a team member. And uh, I didn't. And I don't recall why. But no, if it was. But, but it's you're gonna be on a to this day. I do. If they said you're going to lip sync on a float, I'd be there in a second. But I think it was more. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but maybe anybody who worked at Macy's End could tell me. Uh, it probably that's the, up that is, if that I may, Scotty, yeah. that is the plum job of a flo- of a parade is to be the person, one of the people lip syncing on a float. Because, yeah. and let me just explain why yeah. that is. If you're in a marching band, that's hard work. You've got to really practice. You got to, oh, yeah. boom, 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 you know, especially the drums, get it right. March, everybody's playing their instrument. Like I don't even play an instrument, so the idea of playing an instrument while walking down Broadway. And yeah, when it's cold, generally when it's cold. It's a, it, it, it's daunting beyond daunting. Like how you can, I like just the fingers keeping the cold fingers on, on and. and and no it's incredible and they never no one's ever think thought of lip-syncing marching bands just having them play because people go i can't believe it that was terrible but with singers now we uh yeah no but if you're on the float in the parade you are that is the best job of uh of a parade um participant is to just be one of the people standing on a moving um uh flatbed truck all decked bedecked with yeah a parade is paradistic finery <laughs> and you're standing up there and lip syncing and maybe throwing candy to, to people yeah yeah or condoms if it's the uh, gay parade. oh yes well you know tommy it was it was such a great parade they, they it was very local this time because they didn't fly in the marching bands from pasadena high school you know which i love but they didn't do mm. that and they did have for the first time i think the mermaid parade which uh uh you know i think you and i have um witnessed in, in Coney's Island and uh, which but, was but did we was that also at uh, this time of year the mermaid parade no no that's right in, in the summer and yeah and the women and so wait a minute they brought the mermaid to, to yeah. uh, 34th street in Manhattan they actually just brought them in so here's here's remnants of the mermaid parade and they had it was a very Coney Island kitschy kind of low budget kind of thing and it was great. yeah the whole parade was <laughs> so it's all that. it wasn't the yeah, mermaid more parade. New York, I think, than ever. Sorry, Scotty, but yeah. I just wanted to say that the Mermaid Parade, for those of, uh, 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 of our podcast listeners who have never had the pleasure of being in Coney Island at the time of, the Mer- of this very, it's almost like something from the 1920s, and you would see it in old postcards, the Mermaid yeah. Parade in Coney's Island. Yeah. But it still is happening, and it's wondrous to be. Oh, it's incredible. It's the, I think it's the best parade. It's so free, and everyone is dressed in, and well, I said that there are women, many, and I pose with them dressed as mermaids or scantily clad, or and just all the people wearing just fun outfits, and it's very incredible. And women, you know, dressed up, and men as, as men. movie characters, uh, and you guess who they are, and they love it. And uh, it's incredible. It's very free and wonderful and, and crowded. <laughs> yeah. And free is like it, it, it is. Uh, uh, it's not a parade that takes itself terribly seriously. No, 
No. But it does, a lot of effort goes into it. There's another parade that happened in Manhattan that would start in front of where I lived in, on the, in the Flatiron District, and it would start on our street and, or, and, and other blocks uh, as well. And there, it would be this dance parade, this international dance parade. And you hear this boom, 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 out, yeah. out the window. What's that? <laughs> and then you go out and it's just these, I talk about scantily clad, but these wondrous dancers from, you know, just sort of amateur dancers representing their various countries and their I love that. folk dancing. And it's often quite, um, well, it's riveting is what it is. Oh, so New York does some really great parades. Oh, I missed that, of course, this summer, because on any given weekend in the summer in New York City, there's a parade constantly, many many going on at one time, and and some of them are bigger than others. And I remember you, you and I had a great experience a few years back, the, uh, the I guess there's no better way of saying it, but the Gay, yeah, gay Pride Parade, mm -hmm. which is the longest parade in the world. because it goes it never ends and, never. It, and it's uh, you know that they line up for hours and people don't get there till later and we watched it from near madison square park in the in the 20s and it just was uh it kept oh, going and 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 the handouts the freebies that they oh, yeah. give you and it's mostly condoms but it's not just it's others yeah yeah fun things and it's <laughs> i just showed how you know all the pessimists and of course we live in a world of optimism a week we, we yes. create and plus positivism uh, and I was thinking of this watching the, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. They had the lesbian gay uh, marching band, too. That's one area where it's not going back. The people, even if they're ignorant in other ways, people accept and, and beyond accept just, uh, you know, gay people are part of it. The, the, the Pride, Gay Pride Parade was a very mainstream parade now. It used to be a little more niche. And now it's just families and everybody as it should be. And yeah, no, it, it, and it's fun and a uh, lot of lip syncing um, in that, yeah. uh, and a lot of floats. And uh, uh, remember the one time, Tommy, I, there was a woman there who began talking to, and turns out, I never forget, she said, "Yeah, oh yeah, my boyfriend's back, but he didn't want to go to this." And we immediately dubbed him rightly as a goon, and yeah. she was lovely and I'm wanted to embrace the gay pride parade, and. Uh, she had a goon for a boyfriend who didn't want to go. And I could hear him saying it. I don't want to go to see that parade in the yeah. goon voice. He, undoubtedly, he talked like that. Oh, of course. Uh, and that's uh, because we are able to perform speculative analysis of goonery. <laughs> uh, um, we can deduce. And this is so interesting, Scotty, what you just did, because you it's a lot more complicated. You made it look easy, but it's a lot more complicated because what you did is you... Uh, you deduced from the fa from just from the, what this young woman said that her boyfriend didn't want to, and that's all she said. That was yeah. the only clue you had that yeah. he didn't want to go to the parade. You were able to backtrack, and in a sense, recreate the boy the the boyfriend as a goon, and yeah. uh, not only that, but you could, were able to imagine his tone of voice and what he said and how he said it. And based on our today's podcast, the funch in which he said it, one of the goon <laughs> family of funs, uh, which would be some blockhead. Well, there is one blockhead. So it could be that, uh, you know. <laughs> goon font, I think it's just, well, the goon family of font, because there's, yes. you're right, there's lots of different. Yes, several. Yeah. And so if you were printing, if you were quoting what this goon said, or what we, what you 
deduced, he would say, and how he said it. Yes, you would use a goon font, but he speaks the way you, 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 that's a perfect example of speaking in a font. Well, I don't want to go to the gay parade. <laughs> yeah, no. And we've identified it that people always have, but we're the first one, right. which will say on the Nobel Prize to identify the, uh, you know, uh, the actual font. The, the, the audible font. Yeah. Right. The oral font. Uh, and, and, uh, and yes. And, um, so, uh, parades, um, I, I also, I, 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 I imagining that the, uh, the great, you mentioned Pasadena, Scotty. Yes. Uh, Pas- uh, uh, all, everyone is, uh, aware of, I'm sure I'm, for some reason, I'm having trouble making the most simple sentence, which involves, <laughs> the uh, Pasadena's Rose Bowl Parade. Yes. That's why I'm making the connection to, I wonder, because that has a fairly long march down Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena. It's very famous, goes right by the Rose Bowl. The Tournament of Roses Parade. It's yeah. called the Tournament of Rose. yes. And, uh, and it's a big, big deal. And it also gets um, national coverage. And, yeah. Um, in January, it's January first, or right around there, and right. I always marvel at, oh, it's so warm there in Pasadena. Where well, people do that. That yeah. that parade actually has caused more people to move to Southern California <laughs> uh, than um, uh, the actual California uh, Tourist Board. I actually don't <laughs> know what to compare that parade to. Um, Isn't there the other one too? Another Pasadena one that's sort of a wackier. Yes. That. that um, Right, it's a it's a um, the doodah parade. Ah, okay. Um, and it's just wacky, dopey, funny stuff. That, um, but I've I've never I don't know anybody who goes to the doodah parade. Uh, yeah, it's just nice to know it's there. Some it, parades yes, and right, exactly. I've never heard anybody general. say. You know, I was at the doodah yeah. parade the other day. I never heard yeah. that expression said. No, up. they go. Oh, I love that doodah parade. Ever, no, I hear it's great though. <laughs> but. Yes, that's nice when something is something you've never seen or, or experienced, but you know it's a good thing to have. Yeah, it, it doesn't bother you as long as it doesn't, you know, as long as nobody does anything offensive in it. I mean, sometimes people will do offensive things and they, in a parade. And the New York's, uh, again, we're going back to New York, um, in the village, in the uh, New York's Greenwich Village has this um, Halloween parade. Oh, well, that's incredible, yes. And it's really, really hard to get a spot to see oh not only that it's, it's hard to cross the avenue in yeah. fact I have a, a marvelous story years back i used to yeah. teach stand-up comedy at the new school a fine institution on uh right between fifth and sixth avenue on 11th street a couple of other streets and i was running a little late probably and normally i would take the subway to sixth avenue and just cross but they wouldn't let you cross because it was many deep and then filled with wonderful performers and decked out in great finery. And I literally just couldn't ever get there. I had to just say, yeah. no, I can't get there. That's uh, had I left earlier, I could have been done a securities route and gotten there. I did not. And was that a regret? Yes. But I hope that each class after that, Tommy, I put 150% in. So that made up for the 100 So you couldn't get to your own class that you took? Couldn't even get there unless I would have gone way out of the way, come around. By then, the class would have been over. So it was, uh, and again. So what happened? Now, how did you, you said you you gave it 150% after. Well, I didn't give myself the old classic parent line. You didn't give yourself enough time. (laughs) 
That's the class of it. You should have given yourself more time if you knew there was a parade going on. That might, you know, which I didn't. And I'm not beating around the bush and saying, yeah, I don't know what happened. There. No, I, I knew it. Yeah. But it would have required me going so out of the way to get around it that uh, I got, would have gotten there so late that I just gave up pretty much and returned to my residence. Uh, but I vowed from that moment on, I would never let a Halloween parade make me late. Now, I didn't do that across the board for lateness. I thought that was too much to, no, to, no, to do. No, but, but Halloween parades, I've never been late again right. for a class no. because of a Halloween parade <laughs> to this day. Yeah, to this day, you've never, you've never used that as an excuse. Well, no. the Halloween parade, you know. No. <laughs> but, that, but that is quite an imaginative parade, I would say. Oh, incredible. Sometimes controversial. Uh, um, uh, I remember one year, uh, Imelda Marcos's shoes. Like I knew, <laughs> it was sort of like, I knew, uh, if you remember, Imelda Marcos had this closet filled with shoes. That she yes, was famous yes. for that. And yes. I knew at the time, this is something, I, I don't consider myself psychic or uh, some great uh, prophet, but I sensed at the time that Imel Imelda Marcos's shoes would show up in the uh, Greenwich Village Halloween parade as a costume, and they did. Scotty. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the kind of humor. It's wonderful. Well, and, uh, imagine how I felt, Scotty. This the sense that I had envisioned something, and there were these shoes that walked well, by, uh, and well, you know, uh, 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 but the sizes of humans. So I mentioned <laughs> that just because it's a, it's rare. I mean, it, it humbles me actually that I was uh, that I foresaw that. Well, you create foreseeing it. You created it. And I wonder one day you can meet the person who did do that float, uh, that that costume. Yeah. And you, and this say, you actually 40, thought it. 30 years ago. Or something. Well, still, you know, they're around somewhere. If you could find it. I mean, it's a little trickier. But if you could just yeah. somehow bump into them on the street. Mm -hmm. you're, maybe we're having this conversation on Par Park Avenue South or Irving Place where the co uh, unelected on self-appointed mayors. Yeah. And maybe he hears you say Melda Marcos and he's oh. Excuse me, but uh, I, I couldn't have helped over here. You said Mel Marcos. I once did a had a costume at the and dot dot dot, and you're off to the races. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is Scotty. You know, this is not the first time you've conjured up right in real time the perfect opening line for being off to the races. Like, yeah, this isn't the first time you've done this. But is that it? Could that possibly? And I know, you know, I, I don't want to monetize everything and turn everything into a career. But yeah. couldn't that be a very, very lucrative? Uh, let's just call it. A, well, let's call it what it is. It is a career. It, it, it's a profession is what it is <laughs> of of creating the perfect opening line to start conversations with utter strangers. I mean, uh, uh, what is that called? Like, what, what is that, what uh, that profession? Well, I mean, you could use the very basic, this was more from the 50s, conversation starters. That was always the very- So you would more, be a conversation starter, but- Could be, although I specialize though in, uh, I mean, that would be great to be able to do it for anyone, especially if there's a person you'd like to meet just in general. But yeah. my specialty is, people who have a connection to you that you don't realize yes. as in you created this idea of having Imelda Marcos shoes as a costume. This person was the one who actually made the costume and you're walking by each other in the street. So what's the line you need to be saying inadvertently that they'll pick up in here. So 
bringing people misconnections and making yeah. them connect. Yeah. Well, Scotty, you make it sound easy, but what you've yeah. just done is essentially uh, what Facebook tries to do, but you figured out how to do it in a way that's uh, that cu- that cuts us loose from the man. You know, that yeah. gets us out of the grid, Scotty. That gets yeah, us- yeah, and you're outside. You're outside, and you're just yeah. walking down the street, and you just happen to see somebody now. Uh, look, whether I ever meet the guys who made, because I think there were two people, two guys, and one left shoe and one right shoe. So it was a partner uh, <laughs> costume. I mean, that's also something amazing to me that people who, uh, it, who take Halloween so seriously that they partner up with somebody else to make a costume that that requires both of them to, you know, like the horse, the famous. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, people do take it very seriously. And again, it's a real lesson for the world. If we could all work on the same costume together in quotes, what a world this would be. So true, Scotty. I mean, if, if, well, again, this is Nobel Peace Peace Prize uh, uh, area right now, uh, obviously, but if entire countries, Scotty, could team up and, in costuming with entire other countries and warring countries like Israelis and Palestinians, India and Pakistan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I always loved how President Obama said Pakistan, which is the correct way. They they would infuriate people on Fox. Oh, and he says Pakistan. (laughs) What's that all about? Yeah. Oh, Pakistan. (laughs) Well, uh, no, but so, yes, India and Pakistan. So that's obviously a huge thing. But imagine that they all get together and form a bunch of horse costumes. For example, I'm just picking that out of the air. I'm not, yeah. obviously that's the obvious go-to, but where you're yeah. back of the horse and the front of the horse. Yeah. You, but you have, a, imagine a, an entire herd of Indians and Pakistans sharing horse costumes, like a huge herd of, uh, I believe they're called pantomime horses, oh. uh, in, in, people in horse costumes. Uh, probably it would be, well, how, well, we're talking about billions of people, right? Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's obviously it's a huge undertaking, Scott. Well, you could do a sampling. It doesn't <laughs> have to be every single Indian and Pakistani. Uh, or maybe everyone from Kashmir, the disputed territory. <laughs> the disputed territory. Yeah. Right. I always love that. It's, and why can't someone just end the dispute? Sort of like, what, what yeah. are they disputing exactly? Well, maybe like, they changed the name of disputed territory. Like, welcome to Kashmir, yeah. a disputed territory. Maybe that <laughs> shouldn't be their motto. It's on the thing when you come in, the <laughs> sign, welcome to, you know. Uh, and it's, oh, we, can we see the disputed territory? All right. You know. <laughs> there will so, be yeah. tours of the disputed territory. Yeah. But, <laughs> but see- drop disputed territory. Yeah. And uh, no, Tommy already came up. Well, I, I mean, again, it does seem to be we don't plan this. We're veering towards constantly Nobel Peace Prize territory. Yeah. And we can't help it. I mean, we that's can't. how we think. And that's it's, why we hope that we not this year, but the next year uh, will be. It's so true. But before we wind up, I just do want to yes. say we. We don't wake up thinking, oh, uh, can't wait to figure out how I'm going to get a Nobel Prize today. It just nope. happens. Just happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, we never yeah. do. We when never you try to get the Nobel Prize, it, you know, that's where you, but, but sometimes it just happens to you. Oh, yeah. No, there, yeah, there are people out there that the, tri- you know, the triers are always going to like, hey, yeah. Uh, and maybe this will be good for the Nobel Peace Prize. You know, they're kind of smarmy and they're always yeah. like, hey, how about uh, world peace with that ice cream? You know, they're just flailing and they don't. Yeah. Us comes from the heart. We just want world peace. We, and if we get recognized for it, 
that's uh, gravy, as they say. Yeah, but but it's not. That's not why we do it. But no, it doesn't drive these us. kids right out of, uh, you know, right out of Yale or or, or um, you know one of these fancy schools, and they're like, yeah, in five years I'm going to have the Nobel Prize, and that, you know that kind of yep. cocky. And then they plan it out. Yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, who knows got a five year plan. Oslo. I'm going yeah. to have a Nobel Prize, and then I'm going to retire. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not that guy. No, no, no. We just we love doing it. And Tommy, in this one podcast, and I like to say broadcast because who? What is a pod anyway? And really, a broadcast is just it's getting out. The podcast reached more people than the original broadcast did, uh, I imagine, in the early days of radio. Uh, but today, we've early on, you created the a font uh, sound where we were spoken font, Scotty. Spoken fonts where you speak in various fonts and that's a break. Boldoni, what what is one bold something? Well, it's Badoni bold, fat face heavy. Badoni bold. I'm speaking in Badoni bold. Yes, yeah, and and it's scripts come going forward as you've written many many scripts. You will have you actually put the font in as people speak. It'll be different fonts for people. That'll be a breakthrough. Remember, you'll say, remember the old days? It was all. Times Roman or Arial, uh, but no, it'll be different fonts for different speeches, even. Well, so that's a quite a thing. So font for different speeches. If, if, yeah. if we can make that happen in our lifetime, then um, uh, I, I'm, I'll, I'll I don't know if I'll call it quits at that point. I'll I'll probably still keep doing stuff afterwards, but yeah, but it'll still be a nice moment. It'll be a nice moment. Yeah. Well, we've had. Thirty-three minutes of moments yep. on this broadcast, uh, Tommy, and uh, uh, until tomorrow, uh, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. And I'm I'm still Tom Saunders, and we're getting through this. <laughs>